With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody. It is 1038 on the East Coast, and the UFC event is over. This is wonderful stuff, and it ended with a damn good performance, probably the very best, start to finish, from the founding member of the New England cartel, Rob Font, dominates Cody Garbrandt, sweeps the scorecards on two of the judges' scorecards. Derek clearly... Clearly was uh, clearly watching a different fight, scored at 48-47, but it is what it is. The right fighter won, and that's all that matters. As we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 27 post-fight show, live on the MMA Fighting YouTube page, Twitter, and Facebook. I am Mike Heck. Got the whole crew with me once again. We got Jose Youngs. We got the Prince of Positivity. <laughs> we got E. Casey Lydon on the ones and twos. Hey, hey, that's my new thing. Hey, like an 80s DJ. Hey, how's it doing? Hey, hey, trying to hit that post. All right. (laughs) So interesting event. We saw a little bit of everything on this night, but in the end, main event was was pretty fun. Rob Font turned it on as the fight progressed, and he looked pretty damn good tonight. He established himself as clearly one of the best 135-pounders in the world, defeats Cody Garbrandt via unanimous decision. Jose, your thoughts on how this main event played out? I'm Jose. My mic doesn't work. I always do it. Am I back now? <laughs> yeah, I always yeah, see levels, and then I never, you, it's you, never you, start. You have to hit it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just hit it. I guess yeah, I have to. I guess I have to punch it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I picked Cody Garbrandt. I picked Cody Garbrandt to win, uh, but it was it was. I 
it was a, it, it, I did, I'm not calling it a 50 50 fight because I obviously picked Cody Garbrandt to when I actually favored him, but it was a slight favor. I did not expect Rob Font to just piece him up with boxing. Uh, I thought Cody Garbrandt's head movement has been pretty good as of late. Obviously, in the Asunsa fight, that's kind of what he showcased. And he's always been known as one of these, as they, Michael Busing said it a thousand times on the broadcast because I actually watched the broadcast. I, I watched it with the broadcast on this time. He just kept talking about, oh, one punch knockout power, one punch knockout power. Cody Garbrandt obviously has some of the best hands at 135 pounds, if not all of the UFC. So I did not expect Rob Font to just piece him up for 25 minutes. I don't really, I think I had it four rounds to one Rob Font with that first round giving it to Cody Garbrandt. But I know a lot of people are complaining about the scorecards. Don't really care. The right, the right person won, regardless of the scorecards. All, at least, at least all three judges had the right man winning. Uh, so if you take away the weird uh, rounds, that's pretty much the only thing you complain about. But yeah, Rob Font looked fantastic. I'm not going to call him the best bantamweight in the world like some people are on Twitter. Some, I think someone <laughs> was it Michael Bisping or Paul Felder said that Rob Font might have the best jab in all of MMA. I don't agree with that, but I think Rob Font is fantastic. And it clearly shows that down at the New England cartel, uh, him training with Calvin Cater for so long, his boxing is clearly on point. So Rob Font made me put my put my foot in my mouth when I picked Cody Garbrandt and he is fantastic and it opens up an entire new world of possible matchups that I really want to see at 135 pounds. AK, your thoughts. And and we're not I'm not gonna sit out here on my on my pedestal because I beat you in the picks. It was like the ugliest pick win ever. It was like it was like earning the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference in the NBA with an under five hundred <laughs> record. I mean, that's basically how my picks were. I think I lost like seven fights in a row <laughs> and then fought finally Shots, picked it up for me. That's all, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> Shots fired at the Washington Wizards. Come on now. Come on now. We got a lot of people in Washington who loves the show. And by the way, technically we tied with the amount of correct picks. But you did win on topology points, I think. If we're using the topology point system, you did win. But we actually both came in under 500. We, we, we tied at five <laughs> five picks each out of 12. Wait, I didn't even submit my picks, and I probably won. So, yeah. You didn't even, you didn't even submit your picks. Uh, and actually, yes. And so Mike and I tied at five. But Mike did win on points. Mike Mike is. And also and also he won the main event, which we normally use as a tiebreaker. So uh, either way, Mike won. But yeah, five five correct picks each. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you think of the main event? <laughs> oh, sorry. What did I think of the main event? I, yeah, I'm okay. No, well, let me first. Uh, are we still technically after dark? I know we're on early. Can I ask a little? On the East Coast, we're after dark. Are you going to curse? Oh, hold on. Sorry. I lost. Yeah. Can I curse a little? Sorry. I, I my audio went up there for a second. Can I curse a little bit? Uh, I know we're not. Even though we're not after dark. Uh, I think oh. most people know this, but I think it's important for me to say it. Uh, I, I don't know. Sh- I don't know shit about picking fights. All right, I don't know shit about picking fights. I I might not look. I might not know shit about MMA. I think again, this people have said this to me. Uh, people have tried to tell me I, how little I know about MMA. I've been defiant. I have been, you know. Sometimes I try and take it as constructive criticism, but like you know, privately I tell myself, no, you're great. You're you're you you write for MMAfighting.com. You know what you're talking about. I don't know anything. Uh, I went zero for six on the main card, which is which is the only. Uh, which if you look at everybody.com, those are the ones that I actually write out like predictions for. So those are usually the only ones people pay attention to. They don't care about the prelim picks. So anyone who wants to head over there and uh, slander me, by all means, it's, it's it's fair game. I don't know nothing. And it's not just it's not just that I I'm sorry, I know I'll talk about the rest of the card later. I'll just say right now, it's not just that I got the picks wrong. I was like so wrong in how the fights would unfold. It's not I'm just picking the wrong person. It's like, oh, I thought it would go this way. It went completely the other way. I was kind of accurate at the main event uh, as far as I said. If this if this stays a, a straight uh, boxing match. 
then Font has the advantage. I think we all saw that. Um, and yeah, it was, and it stayed a straight boxing match because of him, because of his takedown defense, because of his ability to control the range. So it wasn't like it wasn't just like Garbrandt oh fell into it. It's like no, you give credit to Font. He made it into a boxing match, and he and that was his biggest strength. And he looks spectacular tonight. So yeah, I don't know about best bantamweight. I don't know about uh, best jab, but damn, he uh, clearly like you know top four, top three right now, undisputed. Casey. Uh, I agree with everything AK said at the beginning about him knowing shit about MMA. So yeah, you're right, AK. You know nothing. So um, I'll just... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, main event. I did pick Garbrandt coming to this, but um, as much as I thought Rob Font's boxing performance was incredible, I did go. I did come. I did go into this thinking, what Cody Garbrandt are we going to see after this? Um, this uh, the, the 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 COVID nineteen effects he had on him, and I know Biz being alluded to it during the fight, but man, that I know I know Cody got hit a lot and everything, um, but that just didn't. I looked at Cody, that looked like a different Cody Garbrandt out there, maybe. But there's there's a lot of other factors. You know, we kind of went into this thinking, well, if calm Cody's in there, he's gonna win. But if you get the rage Cody, he'll get knocked out. But Cody seemed to do better when he was in a little bit of rage mode. And um, but give Rob Font incredible amounts of credit for never kind of getting into that. Um, I could t- I feel I feel like Cody Garbrandt looked at that replay of him knocking out a sensei like oh I'm gonna try that 50 times and every time he kind of dipped like like Rob's like dude I have seen the highlight I know it's coming. So um, outside of that, uh, I mean just just a great performance from Rob Font and um, I don't think he gets a title shot from this unfortunately for him, but um, he's elite. He's he's one fight away, and um, great performance, and um, what an incredible jab! Jabs win fights. Yeah, I had a little like inside baseball because I was I watched Rob Font's final sparring session, and poor Tateki Matsuda. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, MMA vet, twenty five fights, Cage Titan CES, and, and and a slew of others. Teki Matsuda got lit up like a Christmas tree by that Rob Font jab for like 20 minutes straight. I felt bad for the kid. He was just getting lit up over and over again. That jab, I mean, I couldn't even like, I couldn't even blink. I was watching that jab land so much. I was like, man, this, this, if this jab starts landing this fight, it's going to be a long night for Cody. And Font just kept landing that jab over and over again. I know he wanted to get Cody frustrated. I think he did a little bit in the fifth round, but Cody, to his credit, Stayed composed throughout most of the fight, even when things were getting bad. I know Font stung him. I think it was in round two, maybe round three. It was either the second or third round where where Font had him on like wobbly legs for a minute. And they even said on the broadcast, like normally when Cody gets rocked, like that's when the when when the guy comes out who just like loses his mind and loses his composure. But stuck with it, got a takedown, got his wits to him, and just good fight. Rob Font gets it done. Like like I kind of stated during the preview show, I don't think this really boosts him up too much in the rankings. I think it's just kind of like defending his spot. But depending on how this all plays out with Dillashaw and Sanhagen, when this title fight would ha- will happen, I just don't see it happening in October. I just don't. After the surgery that Sterling had, all of that, it might happen at the end of the year. I wouldn't be shocked to see Font fight the winner of Sanhagen and Dillashaw at this point, just to keep the train moving a little bit. 
just because we don't know when the title fight's happening. So big win for Font. He moves on to bigger and better things, and there you go. Good on him. Um, I'd like to point out too. Um, can, are we going to put the rest that Cody's got no chin? Because good lord, he got hit in the face a lot. I mean, uh, I mean we know we know Mister Font got some power too. So I was just like. You, weren't we just kind of waiting for Cody just to turn off and it just kind of never happened? You know, his knees never really buckled hard. It was just, I mean, Cody's, yeah, I mean. <laughs> he got hit in the face 145 times in that fight. 176 significant strikes for Rob Font, the most he has ever landed in his career. Uh, he outlanded Cody 176 to 63 in the fight. Uh, best round for Font was round four outlanded Cody 51 to 12 and then round five was 45 to 15. I know there were no 10 eights, but man, those feel like there could be some, I mean, I know he didn't get dropped, but those are dominant rounds. And I mean, by the criteria of what 10 eights are, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised, but um, 50, well, 50, 45 is obviously a good score. <laughs> what was the significant strike advantage in the last round, Mike? 45 to 15. 45 to 15 and Derek Cleary gave him that round. Yep. Oh, he gave he gave him round and four. If, no, 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 no. Round five, five and one and five. One, which I think people seem to agree was close. I did. I actually thought one was pretty clearly for font, but that is the one I saw most people were saying was close. So sure. Um, but uh round five, uh the first 30 seconds, 41. Mm-hmm. Then the rest of it wasn't unlike the other rounds. And obviously, and again, the, the numbers aren't everybody say the numbers. Even significant strike stats, which are which are helpful, are never t- you know don't necessarily tell the whole story. But I thought it was a pretty clear uh, font round as well, other than the first 30, 40 seconds. So hearing the numbers, yeah, I'm those, like, yeah, that's that's sounds right. Yeah, for those wondering, the numbers in the first round, font outstruck Garbrandt twenty-one to thirteen. So that was the closest round by far in terms of strike discrepancy. Uh, round two, twenty-seven to eight. So he almost tripled them up there, doubled them up in the third round more than triple them up in round four, actually more than four times him in round four and then triple them up in round five. So what, that was what, tough good to performance. Watch. What happened in round one where, cause I'm, I'm kind of losing my memory already, but like Bisbing and Felder were talking like it was a given that Garbrandt had won round one. And I was just kind of like, what? It was like, a takedown. He, he, he landed a takedown. He had a takedown. Yeah, yes, yeah, he had some kept, top control. He didn't do much with them. He didn't do, he didn't do much like, with them. Like, but, they no. just, oh, yeah. I, hate, I hate how they reinforce that bad scoring. It's like, well, they're getting better. I'll say you got punched B- in the face B- a lot. Bisping's getting a little down, better. You know, okay. Yeah. At least Bisping, the judges got Bisping it right. The judges got it right, but yeah. I was just kind all of night, all surprised. day. Yeah. Uh, Bis- except for the Derek Cleary 44. But uh, Bisping, I thought was pretty good. He, he At one point, he was he was really going point by point in one of the fights and kind of breaking down their criteria. But you're right. He does get caught up in the moment. Like one minute, he'll be explaining it properly. <laughs> and he'll be kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, it's great. It's turning around. And then the, and then like literally the next round, it'll be like, ah, there's that takedown. There's that takedown that's yeah. uh, stole the round. It's around. Like, no, Bisping, no, don't. Yeah, no, Bisping, don't say that. You you know, and, and I get it. And and, and again, I'm, Bisping, I think, is really good at his job. And I think it's just, you know, you you get caught, you know, you're, you're used to calling things a certain way. It's with everyone. It's, it's going to take a lot. I'm sure we do it sometimes, too. It's going to take a long time for everyone kind of really. Um, we had, I think we had a question on between the links earlier this week about, like, do we feel like or on the A side, do we feel like, um, you know, people are getting more educated about judging and, and, and getting a better understanding of why fights are scored the way they are? And I think, yes, I think it is turning uh, in that direction. But but we've again, we've been sort of we've learned it. A, a one way for so long, I think it'll take a while. But I think it's overall judging is getting better. How it's 
talked about in the broadcast getting better. I think fans are getting better about it. So kudos all around, everyone. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I like. I think like the one real question I have with the judging is like, what constitutes a 10-8 round and like what constitutes a 10-7 round? Because I understand why people will argue the fact that Michael Chandler got a 10-8 round against Charles Oliveira. I did not agree with that. But if you did agree with that, I'm not like against you for it. Yeah, but how... But how do you give, how do you grade on the same scale a Michael Chandler 10-8 round against Charles Oliveira and compare it to say like Glover Teixeira against Anthony Smith, where he just beat the brakes off of him for the entire round, knocked his teeth out, <laughs> and just beat him up the whole round, and it's the same. You know what I mean? Like, how is Chandler's a 10-8, but Glover's is not a 10-7? Because that was way more dominant than Chandler's round. Well, we say that all the time for 10-9 rounds, you know, when someone gets one extra jab or one extra, I held you against the fence for 10 more seconds, and that's a 10-9, but then round four of this fight was also a 10-9, and we saw, you know, Garbrandt get outstruck by, like, 2,000 significant strikes, so, I mean, there's, each 10-9s and 10-8s both have incredibly wide margins. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Like boxing's just the ten point must system is just stupid in MMA. It's easy in boxing. Like yeah. knockdowns ten eight, two knockdowns is ten seven. Like we know what's gonna happen. MMA, we just have no idea. AK, I mean, we, I know we have other fights to talk about, but isn't there some other some other scoring system in another sport that's better? For this? <laughs> okay, hold on. That, first of all, I'll say Mike said it that the, the correct answer to this question is how do you differentiate from a 10-8 from a 10-7 MMA? It's like, you shouldn't have to. The boxing, the boxing scoring system sucks and it shouldn't, it shouldn't uh, be used in MMA. It just doesn't, it just, there's too many ways in which it doesn't fit. And that's why we get such weird controversy sometimes in addition to other reasons. But uh, no, uh, and Casey, if you're suggesting we go with the gymnastic scoring system, uh, no, that would, that would not apply. That would not apply here. Uh, I, 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 that's, that's more for evaluating cars and things like that, but no, that certainly wouldn't work here. Uh, Jose, I don't know. Jose, what do you, what do you think? Man? Uh, I don't really care about scoring as long as the main, the, they get the right winner. That's mm. like, if, if you want to, if you want to argue five, nothing versus three to two, that's fine. Uh, as long as the right winner gets the second half of their paycheck, that is what I'm in favor of. So whatever gets you there. I like, uh, pride where they just say this guy won this guy won this guy won uh, one championship does the same thing um, but I also do just because what from growing up watching westernized sports I understand people like to, to score by round so you can say three to two rather than this guy won the whole fight I understand American audiences probably aren't trained for that um, I also just like I enjoy how Japanese MMA does that. It's kind of a nice change of pace. So I can, it's like watching two different products. So if it's all the same, regardless if Japanese MMA, uh, like one championship and rise and adapts the UFC's model or the American model, or if UFC adapts the Japanese model, I don't want that. I like them both being different because it kind of separates themselves from the rest of the pack. But I am just more in favor of educated judges and at least picking the right winner. Uh, if it's if Rob Font is upset about it, I think he's the only one that has the right to be upset about it. But he won, so end of, end of the day, right man won. Okay, we have our bonuses. There's a cool graphic going up on MMAfighting.com, so don't ask me. Okay, I already made it. All right, so AK probably has already seen it. Casey, you guess because you probably haven't seen him yet. Okay, fight of the night. Wait, are there, are there performance bonuses or is there a fight of the night? There's fight of the one night and, and two. two yep. Okay, fight of the night. Okay. Friday night, ooh, okay, performance, Carla, 
has to be Carla. Yep. And what? Carla yeah. didn't get... Oh, she's God, one. No, okay. she's yes. one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what? And uh, another one. Oh, wait, I know this one. Uh, oh, Bruno, oh, Bruno Silva. Bruno? Correct. Yeah. And uh, Fight of the Night. Uh, oh, um, uh, Jared and Justin. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, the road. Yeah. These are these are easy. It. These are easy ones. The ones that they, they got it. Right. They got it right. They never get it right. Yep. Congratulations, UFC. <laughs> Maybe fifty thousand. Probably fifty thousand. Bruno seventy thousand. Yes, he he had right on a sign and asked for on national streaming television. Or please give me 75k <laughs> we'll punch men for money That's oh my goodness <laughs> that was that was a that was a hell of a knockoff poor victor rodriguez just getting in there oh, and getting blood- highlight reel two fights in a row <laughs> four bloody elbows at victor rodriguez uh not doing so not doing so well in the uh in the octagon yeah i i, I messaged i can't remember if i messaged you mike i messaged the whole group but i was oh yeah i messaged everyone i said uh he's had two fights in the fc so far Two first round knockouts, a total octagon time of uh, three minutes and forty six seconds. So, might be time for Pitcher uh, to go back to the to the regional scene for some more seasoning. I think you're right. Uh- We're this close to crowning an NBA champ, and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no sweat bet. Up to fifteen hundred bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit one eight hundred GAMBLER dot net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight HOPE NY or text HOPE NY four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, twenty one and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on the amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, let us talk about Carla Esparza, who got herself a bonus tonight. That was some performance. I mean, she, this fight was not competitive for a, even a second. Esparza just goes in there and just, as Jed Mishu likes to say on, on Between the Links, put the wood to Yan Zhao Nan. 
She gets the win, gets her first finish since winning the title against Rose Namajunas, wow. which is crazy to think about, but that was exactly what she needed. And we were wondering how Dana White was going to react to this whole thing. And as expected, Carla Sparza is the Aljamain Sterling of the women's strawweight oh, division. He is no. not ready to declare Carla Sparza the number one contender. He is torn between doing the fight with Carla or doing the rematch with Zhang Wei Li. He is quote unquote undecided. This is this is a travesty. Come on. I went in in the QA, the preview show, I said if Carla just just goes just destroys Jan, that's the only way she can get a title shot. And she absolutely did everything she needed to do tonight. It was an it was a perfect performance. I don't think she even got touched. Oh man, they hate Carla. They hate Carla. God, that's so ridiculous. Because you know what? Carla might beat Rose. I was I was like, Carla might beat Rose. I don't know. I, the, the Carla that showed up tonight, that woman can beat Rose Damianis in the rematch. I would agree with you. That was some performance. AK, what did you think? That's exactly what you want in a number one. Like I know, again, they did, they didn't hype it up as a number one contenders fight, but a lot of us weren't looking at it that way. And that's exactly what you want. Is our our biggest fear? We're all like, oh my gosh, like this is going to end in a draw. It's going to go to a controversial split. Uh, you know, kind of an uns- and, and we're like, okay, it might end in an unsatisfactory way, which would open the door to a to a Zhang Wei Li uh, Rose rematch. But then, but we were very clear in stating if one of them blows the doors off the other, how can you not? How can you not make the number one contender? Both have a both have a story going into it. Both have uh, lengthy win streaks. So this is exactly what they wanted. They they have a, a fighter with a story, someone who already has a win over the current champion, a dominant win over the current champion from many years ago, but a dominant win nevertheless. And 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 she just she made the other content the other top contender look foolish. I mean, look foolish. So how how much more can you want? Uh, I, I understand the appeal of the Zhang rematch, but that can always happen down the road. I don't understand why you would do an immediate rematch of that as opposed to doing this rematch that's been built up over friggin' years between Esparza and Namajunas. Uh. I think Casey kind of has it right. We need we need Rose Namajunas to come out and be like, Carla, you took everything I work for, MFR. I want to fight your effing ass. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Let's that's go. Carla that's what Carla should have done. I wonder. She kind of did it, but yeah, Carla can't drop a promo. I mean, that's not on her. She's a great fighter. She's, that's not part of the job. But yeah, don't ask Dana. Don't ask Dana to do yeah. it for you. She's not going to do it for you. Right. Don't ask Dana. Ask Rose. She, she, Let's go. She should have just been it. like, she should have been like, if like if when Paul Feld was like, do you think you deserve the title shot? She's like, that's a dumb question. I am getting the title <laughs> shot. That's what she should have said. Like, I am like Paul Felder. Paul Felder, good thing you retired because that's a dumb question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I see you, you got, got CT. And then you're like, that's why you asked questions. She should retire from broadcasting. Like, too. Yeah, broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> she retires him. That's what she should have done. But uh. it's also weird that uh, Carla and well, Carla and Wei Li have the same manager. So everyone's cheaper, I guess. Who's man? Who man? Oh, that would have been so good. Same. They all don't. They all have the same man. All three. All three. This is the same situation we had before they made the Rose Whaley fight. I don't get it. You have <laughs> Rose versus Carla two championship fight, co-main event or a fight night right before or afterward, Joanna versus Whaley rematch. The winner of that oh. is the winner of that. It's like it's, it's right yeah. there. You have a tournament right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Put it together. Sign the paper. And then Dana said they're doing 
They're doing Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez sometime this year. We don't know when, but right. that awesome. seems to be the direction for those two ladies. So there you go. Now we got now we got the rest of this division kind of like working itself out. Is the UFC but, just yeah. is, is Dana just deathly scared that Carla Esparza might be the strawweight champ again? I, I really think that they're just incredibly worried that Carla could be the champ. Carla be the, the first female to to regain the belt. Right? No, Carla needs Rose. Car- no, Rose, 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 did it. Rose did it. God, you're right. <laughs> She's, you're right. Carla needs to like turn heel. She needs to like go to the yeah. Cheyenne Bay's Macy Barber sort of school and just kind of play that play that role. She's a, just she's a little bit because Diane Bays and Macy Barber can't do it well either. They're just kind of awkward about it. Yeah. <laughs> but they create, but Macy at least like creates interest and traffic. Yeah. And at and least, clicked. but Carla, Carla is at least calling out fighters that would have be a good fight. Macy's just calling out the, fighters yeah. that <laughs> Macy's just calling she's, out fighters that will draw eyeballs, which is fine. Cause you're a, you're a, a prize fighter. So get paid. But Carla's like, yo, I want to fight for them. Give me that belt, Paul Felder. F out of my screen. That's what she should have done. Yeah. Don't <laughs> ask Dana. Yeah. So call out a fighter, not call out Dana to make the fight for you. Come on. But other than that, Paul, Paul Felder has the same manager too. So it's hilarious how everyone's just in this in this scenario all managed by the same guy. MMA. MMA I, just I, I, MMA. I, I, I can't. Now I'm just thinking all these, all these all these horrible things that Carla should have said to uh, to Paul Felder. Oh, it would have been so funny. <laughs> My name's not Cookie Monster. My name's Paul Felder. Sucks. <laughs> Come to Wikipedia, change your nickname. Carla, uh, shut hilarious. up, Paul Felder Esparza. Shut up, Paul Felder. Dropping it doesn't matter on him. Oh man, a la the Rock in the nineties. Uh, so great win for her. That was that was some performance. Jared Vandera and Justin Taffa, well deserved fight of the night. That Congrats was that was them. a battle. Congrats to them. Was we, we, I was giving them a lot of a lot of guff because I, I wanted that to be Rothwell Barnett. I still feel like it should have been Rothwell Barnett, by the way. But but they did show, they did show up. That was a that was a really fun fight, uh, and uh, good for them that they got to be on the ESPN Plus main card as opposed to the ESPN Plus preliminaries. Ooh, big difference. <laughs> when Barnett started walking to the octagon, I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Just because like. He wasn't himself. He was trying to be like corporate Chris Barnett. I, I was like, come on, man. Where's the dancing and the craziness? Like, and they even said, they said in the broadcast, like, Chris wants to make sure that he's all business in there. I'm like, that's, that's not who we want to see. We want to see the crazy. We want to see the big boy. That's what we want to see. We want to see that guy. He threw a spin kick to the body. He did throw a spin kick. He did throw a spin yeah. kick. But, but you know what? I guarantee what happens if he went in there and had fun. Then, then, every, and then he lost the fight. Then he would get the whole Michelle Pereira type. He's like, "You gotta take it yeah. more serious. Stop flipping around and dancing and fight matter." You know, it's like MMA fans and dude, Bisbing's one of the worst ones at this. They hate fun. They just don't like fun. And Barnett fell into that trap of not having fun. You, you just gotta have fun, man. I'm not telling him. I'm not telling him to take a 17 minute walk to the octagon. Just you 15. know, two minute walk. Have like Rafael craziness. I fell oh off as he was dancing and cra- that I swear that he took at least like two, two and a half, two, two and a half minutes to come down. And God bless him, you know. God bless him. God bless him. Absolutely. So great, great heavyweight fight. That was a good time. Uh Norma Dumont gets a victory via split decision against Felicia Spencer. I will admit I did not watch past the first round of that fight. I don't think that was a split decision, but it is what it is again. Right person one, I think. 
I think the right person. Yeah, was. good win hey, for her. That was the fight I came in saying that fight was ridiculous odds. I thought that like, Felicia Spencer was like the easiest lock of the night. And I thought Felicia Spencer looked horrible, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, like, AK, I remember when AK, she just like, kept, she just kept throwing the same combo over and over and over. And Dumont just would, like, I, all right, this is for the thousandth time. I'm just going to avoid this. And then, like, Steve kicked you in the stomach. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I like Felicia Spencer. I've, I've watched her many of her Invicta fights. I was excited when she came to the UFC. But she hasn't improved at all. And that's kind of, I, that kind of a disappointment. Do, yeah. Do you remember Casey and AK? You you were there in in Edmonton when we, she did the open workout and she was like hitting pads with Seth Petruzzelli. I can't remember who I turned to. It might have been Casey or might have been Oscar. I was like, she's literally just been throwing the same combo for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the open workout, and that's pretty much what happened in this fight. Like she's an awesome person, but yeah, hasn't improved much. Yeah, just yeah, it's very it's, she's she's very frustrating to watch. That's all. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Ricardo Ramos Bill Algio fight. That was a lot yeah, of fun. fun. Uh, good win that. for Ricardo. Uh, Jack Hermanson, Edmund Shabazian. Ooh. Talk about a tale of Holy. two fights. Shabazian Ooh. looked like looked like the best middleweight in the world for the first five minutes of that fight, and then Hermanson just got angry and got mad, and the whole fight that's just where changed. That's man. Where it's just being a veteran makes a big difference. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. Yeah, it's just experience. And people are saying. Experience. People are saying like, oh, it's scary that it looks like Shabazzian has like poor cardio at age 23. I bet he doesn't have poor cardio. It's because he has poor grappling. So, I mean, obviously he's wasting a, he's wasting a lot more energy uh, on, on just even on defense than, I, like, again, a more experienced, more uh, more technical grappler would, right? I mean, I, I'm not a jujitsu expert, but I think it's just common sense that like when you're when you're better at something, you waste less energy doing it. So he's not a great grappler. Uh, yeah. Manson is a very good and aggressive. Like he's a bully. Like I mean, that's a guy yeah. he's going to wear down uh, more experienced guys than than uh, Shabazian. And if uh, uh, yeah, and if you're like Shabazian and you, you really don't know how to get up properly or defend properly, that that gas tank on the ground. <sighs> So well, it's so like, I don't know if I remember has like, like huge two cardio years, problems, two but years ago, I, I get what like, like two years ago on our site, someone wrote an article. It might have been our former colleague, Sean or Mark. They interviewed Kayla Harrison and she's like, I can go to a, do a judo workout for three hours and be fine. And then a 30 minute MMA workout, I'm exhausted. So yeah, you're hundred yeah. percent on that. And that's yeah. what, and that's, that comes to what Jose said. Um, it's experience and Jack Manson, win or lose, he's just had much more high level experience Winning losses and losses are important too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, when Shabazian, I don't want to say old. I want to call Jack Manson old, but Shabazian doesn't have that old man strength, that old man cardio that that just that you need in this sport and um, the durability. Um, man, but um, yeah, tough fight for Shabazian. Great fight for Hermanson. Yeah. <laughs> ben Rothwell, the go go joke. We're talking Shabazian. I can't. I I just forgot how young he is. Twenty three. 23. Yeah. 23. Yeah. That's just, I, I, that's, that, that's got to be remembered. He's 23 years old. And just to have to acquire all those MMA skills and still only be 23, man, you got to, you got to super slow roll him now. Now, okay, the whole, yeah. you know, youngest champion ever or whatever that thing, okay, that's not happening. Now it's just, you got to think, you got to think the, the long game. You know, you got to, you can't, you can't have a guy at Shabazzin get knocked out in his next fight. And at 24 years old, his professional MMA career is pretty much over. So his next then he's fight, in the then he's in the Dominic Reyes category where you went lose yeah. like three in a row and you're effed. Yeah, I'll so, tell you what though, I really want to see Jack Hermanson versus Luke Rockhold. 
if Luaco comes back. I love it. I love it. I only say that because oh. Brandon Allen called out Jack Hermanson on Twitter. There's a fun graphic on MMA Fighting's Instagram. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I want to fight Jack Hermanson for the to show who has the best ground and pound in like the UFC. And Luke Rocco was like, don't be a fool, kid, or something like that in our comment section. <laughs> and Brent Allen's like, you know where I'm at. You can get this. I'm like, honestly, I want to see Jack Hermanson versus Rockhold. Also, Jack, Luke Rockhold and Brent Allen train at Sanford MMA, so I don't know how that would work. Uh, but Or no, does Rockhold, at, is that Ruka a lot too, right, with Jason Perillo? Well, he, so maybe they, he, 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 he like splits time. Yeah, he splits time. Yeah, yeah, he splits time. But regardless of that interaction right there, I don't think Brent Allen should get Rockhold or – Hermanson yet? Hermanson Rockhold sounds fun, especially if Rockhold is saying that everyone's ducking him. And as Hermanson said, the only person ranked above him that's not matched up right now is Robert Whitaker. I don't think that fight's going to happen because Robert Whitaker is going to fight Izzy Vittori or if Izzy gets the trilogy, whatever. Um, Rockhold Hermanson sounds fun to me. That's like a fun uh, grappler's uh, dream right so. there. Yeah, that's an awesome scrap. That'd be good for Rockhold too, not to face a really heavy, a heavy-handed yeah. striker. Obviously, obviously, Hermanson can knock him out. But, you know, I, mean, mm-hmm. I think this is primarily a grappling-heavy fight, and uh, I think that will be good for both fighters. I understand mm-hmm. that Shabazian's on a two-fight skid, but I wouldn't mind seeing Shabazi versus Luke Rockhold, if we're being honest. Because I think I that fight would play out a lot on the feet. I agree. I would like maybe Edmund versus uh, Heinish or Jocko, maybe, like a little outside the top 15. Jocko's like, those, probably... Just, Jocko's a good pick. Jocko's yeah, a good those pick. Are just fight, those are just fun fights. Yeah. Or like... I also don't want to throw him to like line. a. I don't even know. Yeah, guys, like got, Eric yeah. Anders would be fun. Even farther back, I'm. I'm talking like for me, for if I'm Shabazian's, you know, people, you know, we go back of the line. Uh, I don't know how the UFC wants to handle that, but like, like I said, just give him like give him like Carl Roberson. Whoever that's, Carl that's even that, farther back. Fine. Yeah, whoever. I, I, for me, for me, I'm even farther back. I'm kind of with Casey. I think I know where Casey. You know, like, not, yeah. If, 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 if they match him up with like a contender series debut t- next time, I would I wouldn't like complain. I wouldn't be like, oh man, that's way too. I'm like, no, let's recalibrate here. Let's let's recalibrate here and see. Where we are. Obviously, I think he's a step above that, but let's you know again, we 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 we. I feel like we've lost track of what range he is in. So again, I'm pulling him way 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 back. Um, but but again, I'm also people know I'm super cautious with matchmaking. I I'm like I want to slow roll pretty much like everybody. So that you know keep that in mind, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going way down. Uh, and, you know, as everyone knows, Mike, you and I will have a more definitive answer. I don't know if we'll mention Edmund. Uh, we usually only pick the winners. But uh, we, might, we might throw a note in there for Edmund just uh, just so that people know what we're thinking. But, yeah, I'm going, like, outside the top pick. 25 at this point. Yeah. Ben Rothwell, good submission win. The go-go choke. Uh, Court McGee, nice performance against Claudio Silva. Bruno Silva, performance of the night KO in one minute flat. Uh, Josh Kulabau gets his first UFC win. David Dvorak uh, treated Juan Camilo Honderos uh, accordingly. Lived up to the odds. Oh, yeah. First round rear naked choke. Submission of one arm rear naked choke. That was pretty nasty. And then uh, Demir Ismagulov uh, with a good win over Rafael Alves. So that was the festivities. What do the peeps have to say? All right. Good the peeps. Shout outs to uh, Alves for the, the breakdance fighting. Getting out of uh, getting out of one that was cool ground situation that was insane. What what the hell was that? <laughs> that was nuts. That was amazing. <laughs> Does Carla get a title shot now? She's won five in a row. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to the tough finale. Have Rose versus Carla two is the main event. 
Um, I think Rose is kind of a pay-per-view draw. I wouldn't hate this idea, but I think Rose is, they, they feel like Rose is, Rose is like a good to watch Rose fight. It's like a good co-main event fighter. Like if they yeah, threw it on the co-main event, like they threw on the co-main event of MSG in November. I think that'd be a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rose. But that's that. Yeah. That should be the fight. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Ro- oh sorry, going back more like um how big a fight it could be. Rose versus Carla two should be with the rivalry and how awesome female strawweights are. It should be a main event on pay per view. But unfortunately, the UFC just hasn't promoted Carla really over. The years since she's off the belt so um yeah i kind of I, I agree it should probably wind up being a co-main event just because the the rivalry it really isn't built in with the fan base over the years but i think for people like in who've really been watching and paying attention to their careers yeah it, super excited for that rematch and i just gotta now like the more the more i've been thinking about it and i'm like oh <laughs> I, want, I want that fight now it's a perfect time you know what you put on you, know you put on the top alley the uh zhang lee rematch as an event yeah there you go and those usually, yeah, I have a feeling lead, that, those usually lead into a pay-per-view like the week before, too. So, you know, who I, I have a feeling that the isn't the tough finale going to be in an empty arena, though, in, in the empty Apex? Like, I don't want to see Yoan and Whaley oh, in an empty arena. Yeah, that would, that would suck. That would suck. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah, we'll see. Well, Yoan won't even yeah. take that. She says she's only going to fight with fans. Yeah, it's going to be in Glendale. We're going, going, going back to Glendale. Oh, sweet, sweet Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hate it. All right. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'm hearing August 21st for the tough finale, although that's not made official. That's just what I'm hearing right now. Uh, Jack Hermanson beat Edmund Shabazi, and I know he's ranked number seven. Is he in a position where fights have to play out before he can match? I think Jack sort of said it himself. Like he said, he was pretty honest with his assessment. He said, the only guy that's, you know, like Jose said, the only guy that's ranked above me that doesn't have anybody is Rob Whitaker. And if he doesn't want to wait for the title shot, sure, I'll fight him. But then he mentioned the other two fights. Uh, the Brunson Costa fight or the Brunson Till fight and the Costa Cannoneer fight. He said, I'll take the winner or the loser of either of those two fights. That's fine with me, too. So I think he does have to kind of wait and see how things play out. But you also got right. Rockhold, you got Calvin Gastelum out there. So I mean, you I already know they just fought, so never mind. Forget already, Gastelum. Forget Gastelum. Yeah. I gotta stop like reading the, the, the Twitter on the next one's suggestions. That's like one of the more, that's like his most impressive win, like lately. That was like what sub minute yeah. heel hook or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I like he's, so, he was yeah. already matched up with if he if Till loses, I wouldn't hate that because he already he was already matched up with Till <laughs> once, right? And then it fell apart, and then Vittori yeah. kind of stepped in for Till, and that's how Vittori got into this position. So I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah, there's a lot of fun middleweight fights have to happen, but I feel like we've been saying yeah. that forever. It's a fun division. All right, what else? More importantly. Show some love to Jack Hermanson's hair. I'm telling you, man, I, I think the UFC, I'm not saying that Jack Hermanson is like, because like Wonder Boy, pe- people, everyone loves Wonder Boy. He's like universally loved by 95% of the people. But I think why people like him so much is he's like such a positive guy. And like parents are just like, if my kids had like a Wonder Boy t-shirt or something, like we'd be like, yeah, I'm down for that. And I feel like Hermanson is like, not quite on the same level, but he's very similar to Wonder Boy. Where like if you if you interview Jack Hermanson, the man has a smile on his face the entire time. He's like just the nicest guy to speak with. But then when that oct- when he gets in that cage and that door locks, he's you could just see the scowl on his face. Just a, a different guy. So 
it, and I even tweeted this out. If my kid came up to me and goes, daddy, you know who my favorite fighter is? Jack Hermanson. I'd high five him. That's a great pick, son. That's a great pick. <laughs> How old is your son? <laughs> Eight. I'd be like, why do you know who Jack Hermanson is? You're eight years this old. This sounds like one of those fake tweets that people write, like, can't believe my five can't believe my five year old today said that uh man, those those UFC fighters should really unionize. I was so proud. <laughs> is this what just happened there, Mike? Dude, it's so it's it was funny the other day, because like he does guitar lessons and his guitar teacher will like email me the Zoom link on like my old like freelance email account, which is like where my old YouTube page was when I was doing interviews before I signed up with MMA fighting. So like the other day, I'm just like getting stuff ready for an interview and I hear my kid just go, Ooh, and I like look over at his computer and he's watching the replay of Jorge Mazadal flying me and Ben Asker. And I'm like, what? What are you watching? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and then, he goes on YouTube and he's like logged onto my account and I probably watched that highlight a million times. And then tears in his eyes, he shouted at you. I learned it from you. <laughs> Dad. <sighs> it's like the old Yeah. People, Needless that's to an say, old reference. You know what? People a lot of people are not gonna get that, but that's that is a commercial. Wait, anti anti tweet commercials back in the day. Okay. I learned it from you. Okay, enough of these anti-drug commercials. Mm. Jack Manson's hair. The Tremendous. Hair, the beard. He's part, yeah. I he's it. apparently part of the Chase Hooper he has hair. family now. He, he has, has hair. hair. Is the That's beard is the, the beard's new too, right? Was that new? Everything? The whole I think so. He's only been pretty clean. Like yeah. pretty clean clean everything. Derek Lewis hates he he <laughs> He's now on the Derek Derek Lewis shit list, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um I know we kind of talked about this, but you know, I'm seeing comments like this a lot. Edmund's kind of been exposed. If you can get him out of the first round, he's very beatable. I don't Again, think it's anything about. I don't think it's yeah. about the first round. I just think it's more about like he fought a really good grappler who's just a yeah. better grappler. Yeah, That's pretty much it. And, and, I don't think the rounds have anything. I to mean, with it. but think about it. you. He, he fought Derek Brunson in a main event. He gets his butt kicked by Derek Brunson, which is you know Derek Brunson's a an A level middleweight. So they give him someone maybe like what, just five percent less better than Derek Brunson. I don't know. Jack Hermanson on his best days is as good as Derek Brunson is. So like, it's not like they gave him a an, a step back. It was almost it was almost you know a lateral step. You know. So um, yeah. I just it's he's not been exposed. He's just he's twenty three. That's what happened. We get we 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 got we got reminded of his age, and I think, and that's all. Yeah, and Jack Hermanson is very good. Yeah, <laughs> and people forgot. Yeah, 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 I must have forgot type of thing for Manson. Yeah, uh, he's just excellent at making adjustments. Yeah. Tremendous at making adjustments. Trying to see what people are saying in the comments here. Uh, Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, 
Atlassian software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. So this has probably been talked about. Where does Cody Garbrandt go from here? I don't think mm. we're going to talk about Cody on on to the next one. I just don't see it happening. Just because it's not a pay-per-view. Six, six winners. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Sure. Might not, might not make it. I we'll, think we we'll can answer that question right now. Sure, sure. I feel maybe throw him to Marab. Oh. Why are we Marab's going to fight somebody in the top 10. He's got it. I know. Or, you know, something crazy might happen like Marab just isn't as good of a striker and he just loses. It's not like yes. we're putting Cody Garbrandt head Fair. first into a wood chipper. Fair. Fair. <laughs> like, if yeah, that's the case, like- why is Alzheimer's throwing the champion? Just give it to Marab. Yeah, and Marab, Marab's <laughs> not a 2-0 and fighter. Like, Marab, Marab is ready for a sink or swim type of scenario at this point. Like, He's literally fought like the same ranked sort of guys like his last three fights, like 13, 14 range. Let's just throw him in there with somebody. I think that's a good idea. You could do Cody versus Marl Marias if you wanted I like, to. Uh, Cody versus uh, Casey Kenny. I think it would be a fun scrap, both coming off losses. Casey lost to Cruz, Garbrandt beat Cruz. I think that'd be, that's just a fun fight, three-round fight. Uh, Chuck Chuck DLC in the comments was asking, is Dominic Cruz, do you think he's thinking that he can beat Cody in a rematch? Should they try and book that? Do you think uh, Cruz would want to do that? Like, the, Do you think no. he would want that fight right now? Even though he's coming off a win, do you think he'd want to do that fight now? That's interesting. That's I, you I could. would be down for that. You could. That's interesting. Um, but do you think, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Cruz, uh, yeah, I think Cruz would want that one back. I don't think Cruz sees that as a matchup that he can't win. No, no, no. It's, for a moment, I was like, I was like, would he want to fight Cody again? Like, yeah. So another five round, like again, a fight night main event. He'd probably be down for that. What do, what do you guys think about uh, flyweight? I mean, I, now now I feel like if he goes down, you cannot give him an immediate uh, title shot. I think no, that would be absolutely. You shouldn't give it to him anyway. I know he shouldn't have gotten one the first time, but I'm saying the fact that it even happened, I was like, I hope they're not thinking that they can do that now because completely out of the question. Uh, but I, if if he can comfortably make 125, yeah, may, maybe that's the move next. You know, the the old change of division rejuvenation. Yeah, and he ain't gonna get an easy test on there either. I mean, no. just look at what are you gonna? I mean, just look at what's there. Like Brand, you get the rematching Brandon Moreno and, and Figgy. You got Askar Askarov that's like right there, waiting for a title shot of his own. I, I think he missed weight in his last fight, so that might hinder he him. Did. So maybe you could do Garbrandt versus Askarov. That's that, that ain't no cup if, of tea at all. If Cody can make it to flyweight success, um, healthy and. By the by, the looks of tonight, I mean, I mean, I know Font's just a skinnier person, so the you know, body body frames are all different. But like, Cody looks like a small bantamweight all of a sudden. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was just maybe when you're losing, you just seem smaller. I don't know if it's just a psychological thing, but he kind of looked like a small bantamweight. So if he can make flyweight successfully, yeah, um, Askar Askarov is a great fight. Um, actually, I was thinking Cody versus um, I forgot his name, but the gentleman that. Um, Beat uh, Manel Cape. Pantoja. Pantoja. Pantoja is an awesome fight too. Oh, is that fight? He's book? fighting Brandon. He's fighting Brandon Roy. Yeah. No, the um the mm. guy that lost to Manel Cape just recently. 
Oh, uh, Nicolau? Nicolau, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Why not, like, give him Tim Elliott? Let's just throw him in there with Tim Elliott. Yeah, if Tim wins his next fight. I'm saying Nicolau is coming off a of Cape win, you know. That's a fun know. fight. Yeah. Tim Elliott's a madman. I mean, either way. But um, basically, I think this question really is, is Cody Dunn has a elite bantamweight? I don't think he is. I think he just lost to a better guy tonight. I don't know. I mean, I, I would I, as a top five bantamweight. No, as an elite like fight for the belt in the next two years kind of bantamweight. No, I don't. It just I don't feels like literally. It just feels like literally anyone in the top five of bantamweight could just beat all the others at any given point. Like I don't think there's one bantamweight that's like that is the best bantamweight on planet Earth in the UFC. It's so competitive. I agree. Because yeah, if like if, so if, if Fonz and Garbrandt ran it back 10 times and you want to argue that Garbrandt wins three or four of them, I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, I don't think Font beats Cody 10, at, 10 times in a row. Um, like Sandhagen's obviously terrifying. Like Dillashaw's not even like, – if you look at the rankings, Dillashaw's not even there because he's coming off his suspension. It's like everyone drops down one once he gets slotted back in at number one. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, Phantom White just rules. It just rules. So good. I th- I th- I th- the best I th- Phantom I think- in the world might even be in the top 15 yet. That's what's so crazy say, about Bantamweight. I think Cody is done Dang. as a contender, as a top five guy. I think, he's, especially again, as with all the names you said, they're like coming up hot from like outside the top ten. I think he's. I think the, the division change might be the way to go if he can do it. Yeah, if he can do it. Yeah. How uh, old is he right now? Is he even oh, thirty this, yet? This is what I would talk about too. Yeah, 20, he's only twenty nine. I think twenty nine. So like he, yeah. and like okay, this is important too. I mean, if his body can hold up and his chin seems to still be there. That's why I haven't given up at Cody at bantamweight yet. As far as uh, obviously he's still he went five rounds with Rob Font. Rob Font is without a doubt, you no, know, in the UFC at least top three bantamweights, top four bantamweights. Just because you lose to Rob Font doesn't mean Cody's done. Um, and at his age, I just hope um, his chin stays there. Hope his body can you no know, because he's been he's been doing some wars. Hope his body can handle all this. But um, yeah, I, also I, I just don't want to like, see big weight cuts. But like. But, like look at Co- like Cody trains with Team Alpha Male, who has not had the best track record as of late. Correct? Like they haven't won, they haven't been blowing blowing people out of the water. His best performance ever. His head coach was Justin Buckles. He hasn't had Justin since then, and look what's happened. Um, and then he trains with Mark Henry, and like Marlon Moraes left Mark Henry because he felt like he needed to get better training with ATT. Like Frankie Edgar's obviously born and bred Mark Henry. He's never going to leave. It's not like Mark Henry's team, like Jim, is like destroying people either. So like maybe it's just a change of scenery too. Maybe he just needs a, like different training partners, different approach to the like to his fights. I have no idea, but uh, I still want to see him 135, and I want to. I still want to see him fight Aldo. I still want to see him rematch Cruz. And eventually I want to see him fight Sugar Sean because those guys have hate each other anyway. Yeah, that you know what? That's probably if 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 O'Malley beats Lewis Smolka, that might be the fight to make. You do O'Malley sure. versus Garbrandt. I forgot that's about exactly that. the fight to make. Do it. There you go. There's your answer. See, that's why we pay Jose the big bucks. That's why we do it. I got this. Yeah. Like, what if what if what if what if TJ loses? Badly to Sanhagen, and and all of a sudden Garbrandt's like, I'm zero two against you on drugs. I want a third <laughs> fight with you clean. Like I'm not gonna say no to that either because those are just fun fights. Well, do I favor Cody? No, but 
but I think those are still fun fights to make. We got to see how TJ looks too. We have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. TJ might look completely, like, might look, I'm not saying yeah, these individuals yeah. are, <laughs> I'm not saying these individuals were, you know, on anything, but like we just had this conversation with like after USADA joins, like how many fighters just look different, just fell off the map. So I have no idea if that's going to happen with TJ, but yeah, he might still be the best band in the world. All right. Uh, Will the UFC keep Dumont at 45? Will she move back to Bantamweight? She already said she's moving down. If she could do she it. Said, yeah, she's got she to. Said she she has down. to. <laughs> she has to. I, I would say this is a, like, that's like a weird move, except for the fact that she told, uh, it was on MAFight.com. She told uh, Gree this week, she's like, I don't want to fight Amanda Nunez right now. I know everyone's saying like, if she stays in 145, oh, she gets the Amanda Nunez fight, like either right away, probably whenever Amanda's, you know, decides to fight at 145 again. Uh, but she doesn't want it. She's actually very pragmatic. She's like, I saw what happened to Felicia Spencer when she fought Amanda and she wasn't ready. And I, do, and I don't want that to be me. So, for, so if anyone's wondering, yeah, why she's trying to take the longer road she's doing that on purpose she wants seasoning she wants to fight i guess at a weight where she feels she'll be more competitive even though the end goal will still be amanda um but she'll also get again she'll get to fight more that just aren't people on the 145 pound roster she wants to fight uh and again now it's if it's not if it's not amanda at 145 it's like danielle wolf or who else who else who she replaced? Who am I forgetting? At one, it was, it was Wolf. Was no, she replaced yeah. Danielle Wolf? Yeah. No, is no, there anyone else at one forty-five? Farah Zayern. Yes. Uh, you can do the Sean O'Shaughnessy and just make names up. Like, I was. Yeah, Leah. Was Leah. Leah had some injuries. I think she's trying to come back right now. So I mean, and I, I guess she would I, do and, Leah. I did, and I think she would come back at one thirty-five. Though I don't even think she would come back as a one forty-fiver. I don't know uh, if Leah can get to one thirty-five. You don't, you don't think so? I didn't think she was that big. She's a, I didn't think she was that big. Yeah, she's she's a big she's a big forty five er, very muscular. So there you go. But she hasn't fought since twenty eighteen. So like I said, we don't know when she's coming back. Uh, so I don't even know if that's an option. So yeah, she just wants to go to one thirty five because that's where the fights are. So <laughs> I, I can't blame her. I hope she can make it. It sucks that she hasn't been able to hit it yet. But she well, it looks like she, she missed weight. She missed. Twice. Didn't she miss weight? Yeah, twice. One thirty nine point five, and then one thirty nine point five. But that fight was canceled. She only so she only fought once, uh, and both times. But both times she had she tried to weigh in three and a half pounds over, so not even close. But she's in Vegas now um, with John Wood and and those guys at Syndicate. So she's right near the PI. So if she wants to make the move to thirty five. The folks at the PI will will help her. Just take some time and get your body right and come up with a plan and don't rush into the next fight. Just focus on starting a healthy cut to 135. Julian Pena also has is also standing in the way right now. There's no guarantee Amanda Nunes wins that fight either. Yeah. Uh, Jose, oh, no, Jose, I'm sorry. Casey, do you see Tristan Gordet's question? No, I don't. Okay. It's on you on YouTube about Felder. Oh, I, I got, well, hold on. That's the that next question. Jeez, I figured maybe we might, we might wrap up with that. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a question or what? Which one's just trying to make him. Uh, he's trying to make him fight. Make him fight. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll tell. Yeah, yeah. Just two reti- two, two retirements from two sure. UFC fighters this week. We can just talk about that. I'll tell you what. There's 
hats off to the UFC uh, production squad for these two videos tonight. I thought the Joe Ban video was tremendous. I thought the Felder one was really good. I didn't see the Felder retirement coming. I'm not like incredibly surprised that it's coming. Um, that that it happened. That we heard it, but I was surprised we heard it on this broadcast for sh- for sure. Uh, but good on him. Tremendous career. Just a fun fighter. Um, the guy exceeded expectations. I think he would even admit that. I think he got up to like number five or number six in, 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 at one fifty five in the UFC, which is like pretty unbelievable considering. Dude has a win over the champ. Like. He's the yes, last he person to beat Charles Oliveira. Beat him on the yep. ground. Beat him on the ground. Yeah, it's having a few times with Charles. Yeah, but yeah, it's still impressive. <laughs> the dude's um, just such a gamer. Fought Mike Perry up a weight class on like two days' notice. Fought yeah, Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, like except he no show the preview show in Denver. I'll never forget him. Oh, the grudge. Right. When it was me, Casey, and Esther were at Denver, and for the oh, yeah. we were at the official weigh-ins, and I went up to Feld. I was like, "You want to do the preview show with?" Because like every, this is my first time on the road I, with Casey and Esther. I remember that now. Yeah, and I was like, "You want to do it?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure, man. Like, just let me know when it's over." And then it wrapped, and he just disappeared. And then the next thing I know, he's hitting pads in the other room, or right like, next to us. There. <laughs> and I was like, and I look in, and he looks at me, goes, "Oh yeah, man, I'm already in workout gear now." I'm just like, "All right, have fun." And that's why if you go back and watch that, like Esther was like a very last minute <laughs> fill-in. Because <laughs> they were like, every fighter that was around disappeared because like then we thought like, oh, well, could we get Tisha Torres to do it because Raquel Pennington is fighting? But Raquel Miss was like really yeah, struggling. Yeah, like, wait. So you're like, yeah, she has her hands full right now. There was just no one else around. So I was like, Paul Felder, I shake my fist at you. But awesome career. And I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> but happy trails nonetheless. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. On your he was. I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time around Paul on Fight Island because we were like, stuck in a hotel. So like him and uh, like Michael Chiesa would just like hang out with the media bunch. So he was, and we just talked a lot, a lot about fighting, but a lot about like you know like Philadelphia Eagles and like actual like non MMA sports. He's interesting cat, man. And I hope if you anyone runs into him, they get a fun conversation with him because he is a. He's well spoken on TV and off screen. So I met Paul Felder um, before he was in the UFC when he came down to Cowboys Ranch as a training partner. I was actually at Cowboys BMF Ranch doing a video um, on Cowboy, and then Felder was just there as a training partner. And um, he asked me to. Uh, he's like, "Can you shoot some of my um, training, some 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 pad work and stuff, and just just so I can have it?" I was like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, so I, I sent him footage and stuff, and like I remember the guy. I was just I was like, "Ooh, this guy is mean on the pads." Had no idea if he was a good fighter or not, but I remember. He, I remember him. Oh like, man! And in the, the whole when cowboy, he, and, and then like maybe a couple months later, the UFC signed him on a short notice fight through Cowboy's recommendation. And, yep. And hey, the rest is history. Decapitated Danny Castillo. Do you remember he was he fought James Vick in the co-main event of the Phoenix card that you were at Casey and his yeah. whoever was holding mitts for him. I can't. I don't know his name. The, he had like those hammer mitts you know the ones that were like oh yeah yeah it looks like a hammer and he was doing this and i just remember i'm like i have never seen anyone hit those kind of pads before and it just looked so fun but i just every time he punched it i wanted to make a, i wanted it to make a squeaky noise <laughs> yeah. the whole time it, it looked awesome it was that was a good open workout he he was a fighter that put on awesome open workouts like he took it seriously he did um when he was when i was in abu dhabi um for the open workout in abu dhabi I mean, afterward, he was just like, "Oh my god, that was exhausting!" <laughs> like that, because like, because he he's one of those guys. Once he once he feels the crowd around him, I mean, he just 
he becomes like you know the Irish dragon, you know, you know, like he's not Paul Felder. He, like you can tell he's just he's the guy that enjoys being in the spotlight. You know, he was a he was a theater actor before, so he that's just who he is. He likes it, he embraces it, and you know, great career. Get out um, while you can. Go out in a win. Go out where you still got your good looks. Go out where you still have a really good um, job with the UFC. So. Smart, man. I also think was it the the first Barboza fight in Chicago? He talked to the UFC into letting him do an open workout. Like he wasn't on the docket. Remember, he's like, yeah. no, I'm. He's like, I'm going to do that. And he just like, and they were like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you no. Okay. Like Sean O'Malley did the same thing. I'm like, I wish more fighters would do this. Like Sean O'Malley just showed up and he's like, I'm working out. And the UFC PR was like, okay, have fun. <laughs> like it was cool. I wish more people did that. Do remember he showed up in his and uh, Sean O'Malley in his weed robe. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was weird. originally he was gonna do because I talked to UFC security. Him, yeah, he he was gonna do it on you. Have you been to a fight in the MGM, Mike? Like, like no. I can work on. I've never MGM been ranch? to. Ve- I've never been to Vegas ever. Wow, that's, yeah. another, that's another story. Like, to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. So <laughs> so it, in the MGM they do the open workouts on like the floor, like outside the casino, but it's like people are like walking around, and there's a balcony. That comes in from like because you know Vegas has a bunch of overwalks and there's a balcony that literally overlooks it. So if you're a fan, I would honestly rather watch the open workout from the balcony rather than like being crammed up and close. But Sean O'Malley showed up and he was going to do an open workout on the balcony, and the UFC security was like, "Sean, you can't, you can't just do, you can't just start hitting mid <laughs> in the middle of a casino. Like just come down and do it with oh down here. Like, all right, all right. So D- didn't Esther get a great shot at? Didn't Esther get a great shot yes. of him up there? Give in the, in the yeah, looking like it's, looking sure like this. a drug, looking like a yeah. drug lord, looking down at. Oh, absolutely, Canadian. not looking like a UFC fighter at all. Like looking like yeah. some, some some shady Las it Vegas. Was, uh, it was like weirdo. facial hair. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. For anyone that that picture, I think has circulated around a lot. So anyone, anyone who's seen that picture, that's a, that's an Esther Lynn special. There, there it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> people people have seen this picture. And again, if you 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 would think it was like a an actor like in rehab or something, no. you know what I mean? He doesn't look like a fight. That is that's something else. He just got that uh, face tattoo that week too. Uh because we were chatting <laughs> before the before on media, classic. Yeah, before media day, we were chatting about tattoos, and he's like, "I'm like, when's your what's most recent one?" He goes, "Oh, uh, well, I got this one about ten hours ago," and I was like, "Why are you don't get tattoos during fight week?" <laughs> Or do, <laughs> or do. I mean, you won, but you also broke your leg. Uh, so I guess that was a ten eight for uh, the Felder retirement. We didn't talk about the Joban retirement at all. I'll just say, you know, he also had a pretty good career. I think it was it was derailed a lot by injuries. Yeah, uh, I think there's at least two pretty long stretches of at least either eighteen months to like two years where uh, Joban didn't get to fight. And he was, I mean, he made his debut in the UFC. He was already like. Like 32, 33, he I think. Late. He made his debut yeah. against Seth Pazinski in UFC right. in Bangor. Because I because <laughs> Seth Pazinski, uh, Ryan Bader, in, in Bangor, Maine, Ryan Bader headlines out against OSP. And I was there to do like a like behind the scenes work with Bader because uh, this is when I was working for Arizona Sports. So like I flew, I my dad's from Maine. So I like my dad went to go see family and I went to the fight. So I was doing a bunch of behind the scenes stuff with Bader. And Seth Pazinski was obviously training at power MMA too. So it was like those two. So I was doing a lot of like, you know, like, like a lot of like fight week blogs and videos and stuff. And, uh, Seth Wazinski was so confident against this newcomer, Alan Joban. And I think they won fight of the night, if I remember correctly, but it was a first round stop. It was a four minute fight. And I still think that one fight of the night, that's how wild that fight was. But yeah, uh, I'd never forgot Alan Joban after that because 
Seth, I, I thought Seth was going to win for sure because of how confident he was. And Alan Joe, man, proved him wrong. Yeah. My, my uh, Alan yeah. Joe band memory is like okay, so. when, when I go to this this restaurant called Tinder Greens near here, there's the Equinox right next to it. And outside Equinox was a giant poster of Alan Joe Ban. Probably, yeah. I was like, he, in all his glory. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all glistening. He was a, a modeling poster, not a modeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's model, in yeah. like, he's in like Dior and like yeah. Ralph Lauren stuff with Versace. like the Hadid Versace. sisters. Versace. Yeah, for like Versace. the with like Versace the Hadid sisters who are more famous than any UFC fighter not named Conor McGregor. It like, mm-hmm. like, so yeah, Alan Joban is, has numerous opportunities outside of getting punched in the face, and he has a beautiful family, so all power to him for getting paid and not he's taking doing damage, okay. brain damage. Yeah, he is he's doing, doing okay. just fine. <laughs> too good, yeah, too good retirement. He just looks in the mirror and goes, I'm, God, I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm <laughs> Anytime yeah. he's down, I'm Alan He'd definitely beat Dwight Grant, too. More than he'd, definitely be, he'd definitely beat Dwight Grant. Oh, that was a close. I remember that. Oh, dude, yeah, that was... Might be to talk about that. I think I've talked about that yeah, fight yeah. before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember because I was all I, I was a big Bilal Muhammad like believer when he was on the regional scene and in Titan FC. Interviewed him a bunch. So when he finally got the call of the UFC on short notice to fight Alan Joban, I was like, oh man, yeah. this fight is going to be phenomenal. And not a lot of people knew like who Bilal was at the time. And I was like, I'm telling you right now, this fight is going to be outrageous. And it was. Those I, two guys. Got after it and beat the brakes off each other. It was such a good fight. I think the issue with Alan Joban is, and he's a fantastic fighter, but like a lot of people, they just remember his losses because he, for a while, he was just losing either controversially or just violently. Like, remember that snap takedown that Gunnar Nelson got on him in London? Like, he, like, yeah, like he hurt him and Alan, and Alan was like out on his feet, and then Gunnar Nelson like grabbed his neck and then just like Tony Ferguson like snapped him down and then choked him out. And then he got smashed by Nico Price in the next fight in Mexico City. But then he also got head kicked by Albert Tumanoff, if I remember correctly. So like he was getting violently finished or pulling off dominant decision uh, or KO win. So, but you can never say he was in a boring fight that, no. that much. I can say <laughs> I that you, say, you can never say he's not a beautiful man. You can never say that. That's <laughs> yeah, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. And he's in fantastic fights all of the time. Except for that Dwight Grant fight, I don't think that was that good, but I still think he won. He beat Mike yeah, Perry, right? Fight, he too. was one of the first guys to beat Mike. Yeah, Perry. Yep. yeah. He's he one did. of the first guys to beat Mike Perry, and they, that, I remember the UFC yeah. was doing a lot more behind the scenes stuff, like for the walkouts. And whoever ran UFC Social was standing with Alan Joban behind the scenes, and they were playing the Mike Perry like, um, pr- like you know when they they show the guys talking about their opponents before the main card. And like I think they were opening the main car or something. And Alan Joban is literally pacing and huffing. Like he's literally like, <laughs> like just breathing really heavy, just looking at Mike Perry, like, I'm gonna fuck this dude up. And then he did. It was I still remember that clip. <laughs> ten out of ten um, social media work, UFC employee. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw the, the Tristan Gordet question. Uh Casey just asking, is Felder gonna be a Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, but he will because Dana White likes him. So they'll find some way to get him in there. It'll it'll be as thankful for both his nine and six UFC career and his broadcasting work and his work as an analyst. And uh, again, this will be down the road somewhere. Uh, you know, again, the, the UFC will find all kinds of ways to to put guys uh, into their Hall of Fame just to you know just to bulk it no. up and to if, be people the they UFC, like give them, give them a little if, uh, hat I tip. Can, in four or five years, when the UFC holds their next event in Philadelphia, they'll announce it there. 
There you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Depends what city they're going to. There's all kinds of reasons to put put guys in the Hall of Fame. And and, and Felder, you know, again, you can certainly do a lot worse than Paul Felder, given uh, his accomplishments and again his good relationship with the UFC. He's he's a company man, and it's worked out very well for him and for them. Yes, and if you want to, uh, if you want to like sort of pay tribute to Paul Felder, go back and watch the super underappreciated fight with Dan Hooker from last year because. There are so many like ridiculous fights that happened like a month or two and like further on because like Zhang Wei Li and Joanna was like two months later or like a month later. And then Poirier um, Hooker happened Felder. like yeah. five Poirier. months later. You yeah, know what the Fel- problem Felder with that Hooker's fight was? Crazy fight. With, with the problem with Felder Hooker is like 30 minutes later, Tyson Fury knocked out Deontay Wilder. That is, yeah. and that's all anyone talks right. about. That's unf- right, just right. unfortunate. Timing, timing is everything. I watched that. that was the same card. I, I that was the same night. Oh, you're that was the same night because we. It was like was. I think even Bellator had a fight on Friday or something like that. And like this is before Savage had joined. I think this is, this is before you joined, Mike. Oh, so yeah. me, Casey, and Esther did a post show, and we were like, "Jose, when did you start working?" I was like, and it was Sunday morning at this point because because of the 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 boxing ended on Vegas time. And we're like, Jose, when did you start working? I was like, Wednesday. And I haven't stopped. That was one of the longest weeks of my life because we still hadn't filled all the <laughs> gaps on the social video team. So it was literally the three of us just be like, Ugh, fights. <laughs> fights. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that fight happened like a month before I started. Yep. One more question, Mr. Heck? All right, we'll do, we'll do one more. One more, one more. Favorite moment of the weekend? Oh, it's a good question. Oh, that's easy for me. The Hannah, yeah, we talk. We, I, I, we can't. I don't want to harp on it. The Hannah guy. The Hannah guy celebration wiggle. That was hilarious. That was that was great. That was great. And uh, I don't want people to hate. Listen, I don't. The other thing is, I don't want people to hate on Valerie Lareda too you, much. Don't hate on her. No. 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 Look, people, what I hate is people going like. If people are going like, oh, why was she ranked so high and why was she like pushed so much? And I'm like, she doesn't control that. I mean, yeah. she's not she's not fighting it, certainly, and she certainly uh, does everything she can to promote herself, and that's great. I I, I encourage that. Uh, if you don't like her because you don't think she's a good fighter, I mean, that's fine. That's whatever. But but to go beyond that and like harp on like, oh, oh, she just tries too hard or being pushed. I'm like, no, we want that in fighters. We want fighters to promote themselves as long as they're doing it in a, in a, in a way that's not like hurting or offending anyone. Like, I don't understand why with the haters that, but anyway, but no favorite moment. Yeah. Hannah guy, uh, again, whatever. It's not, it wasn't a super elite fight, but she won. She won on the Bellator main card. She won against, again, someone Bellator has been pushing uh, very hard and good for her. And like we said, she, she seemed uh, to have a lot of fun with the post-fight interview as well. So it's always nice. You have those nice little moments. Um, who knows? Maybe we, maybe we never hear anything big from Hannah Guy again. But on this given night, you know, she got to be a star. And that's always really fun. Well said. Uh, I think my favorite moment is actually just um, watching Cyborg get the fight. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's in the, I don't want to say twilight of her career, but you know, she's been doing this for a long time. And anytime you get to watch Cyborg fight and a great fight and get to watch her evolve as a fighter, and you get to see her compete against a super tough fighter in Leslie Smith and you get to see the best Leslie Smith and they fought a great uh, 24 minutes and 51 seconds or something like that. And um, yeah, so just seeing Cyborg fight is a great uh, honor. I love I love watching her fight. I hate watching Chris Cyborg fight for the same reason I hate watching Amanda Nunes fight. It's the fact that we're never going to get the rematch uh, and that it, infuriates it me. me. Yeah, I know. Like that's literally all I can think about. Like, like I obviously I, I agree with Casey. Like anytime Cyborg fights, 
that's much to watch television for me, even if I'm not work, watching it. But I'm just so annoyed the entire time. Like the same as Amanda. Like when Amanda Nunes fought Felice Spencer, I was like, Felice Spencer, I I like you as a person a lot, but why can we not see Chris Cyborg Amanda Nunes too? Okay. I'll go. I'll, I'll go a little bit of a deeper cut. I'll go Syed Awad's knockout win against Nate Andrews. Underrated because that was, one that, that was, was a good number scrap. Two walk off. Walk off. Yep. He committed to the walk-off. He wanted that walk-off so bad. He tried to call it like multiple times. And then finally, Dan Bergliotta, Dan Bergliotta was like, no, no, no. He's still – no, okay. You can have this one. You can have it. But yeah. good on him, man. I mean, just one of the good guys in the sport, one of the exciting underrated, guys in the sport. Guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a cool moment to see him catch, sort of bounce back and, and get that kind of finish. And Nate Andrews is, is a really tough out. He's a guy that, I don't know, three years ago – when he was fighting in the New England regional scene before he signed with the PFL, like everyone thought the UFC was going to pick him up because he was just rifling through everybody on the regional scene, especially in CES. He was headlining all the CES cards on Fight Pass and just destroying everybody he fought. And everyone thought the UFC was going to give him a shot, and they never did. And it's just one of those kind of questions like, what if? Like, what if he had got that shot? Like did it was him? Did him not? Did Nate Andrews not getting to the UFC like just really hamper him because he thought he deserved it and was really let down by the whole situation? And then he had some tough, a little bit of a tough road in PFL, but good Sadawad, man, good stuff. That was that, that might have been my favorite moment of the weekend. And and we I know we tried to post the video, but we had some audio issues. But if you get a chance, watch Syed Wad's um, post fight scrum he does backstage on some, maybe on Bellator's media channel, but um. Very, um, very emotional, you know, he's, uh, being of Palestinian uh, uh, background. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I, f- I forgot about that fight, Mike. That was great. There we go. Oh, cool. All right. I think we're done. I think we have uh, we have milked this card for all that it's worth. But that is not true because we're going to talk more about it tomorrow. AK and I on to the next one returns as we discuss matchmaking possibilities for the winners, a wild card, and we go to the peeps, possibly a mic check, and maybe some check the tapes. I don't know. All that and more coming up on your podcast feeds sometime tomorrow. Quick interruption. We got a a message from um, BTL contestant Matthew Wells. (laughs) Thanks, Matthew. AK, enjoy the rest of your 487th birthday. With that being said, we're out of here. For AK, for Casey, for Jose, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Everyone go to comicbooksforkids.org and donate. Thank you. All your money. You're welcome. All of it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. 
The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic. 